In the studio, in the stress list today, it's District Attorney Steve Gunnels. Steve, good morning, sir. Good morning, Frank. Very nice to have you here. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so we're going to talk, uh, start out with uh, some heavy-duty subjects, parole hearings that have come up recently and have been in the news that we've covered here. The first one, uh, remind us about Jeffrey Spooneyer. Yeah, Jeffrey Spooneyer is the individual who in 1982 murdered a young woman who was jogging here in Bend. Uh, she was a registered nurse at St. Charles Hospital and uh, she was only 29 years old. Her name was Marianne Thomas. And she was out for a jog with her two dogs. And Jeffrey Spooneyer saw her. He had a rifle with him, and he uh, decided that he wanted to see if that would, uh, if shooting her would be enough to kill her. He shot her, and uh, that resulted in her death. He was found, uh, admitted what he did, admitted that he had just been curious about what shooting a human being would do, and he also said that he had a, a desire to sexually assault Marianne Thomas uh, after he shot her. He pled guilty to murder and was given a life sentence with the possibility of parole. So every four years, he comes up for a parole hearing, and in September of 2022, he came up for a parole hearing. Uh, I appeared at that hearing along with Marianne Thomas's sisters and their family representative to argue against his release, and the parole board just a couple of weeks ago ruled that he is not eligible for parole or release this time around. He'll come up again for parole in 2026, and the parole board will have to make that decision all over again. How often does this opportunity for parole come up? Every four years, he'll have the chance to argue for parole uh, until, you know, he's, until he dies, and uh, the parole board will have a psychiatric evaluation of him at their, at their hands and will be able to make a decision based on his uh, compliance with rules in prison, as well as a psychiatric report, as well as uh, family members who make a, a uh, impassioned plea to keep him in custody every four years. And in, at the next parole hearing, God willing, I will be there also to argue against his release. The uh, family members must be uh, having to go through this every four years and just relive it. It's got to be difficult. That's the you know that's the one of the tragedies of these kinds of hearings is that the victims' families are kind of dragged through the mud every uh, four years, and they have to think about the worst day in their lives and talk about it, talk about the loss that they've suffered, and you know do their part to. Uh, to keep their loved one's murderer behind bars. And Marianne Thomas's family has been amazing. They've been there every time, and they've argued against his release. And so far, so good. Let's move on to uh, another uh, terrible case that occurred here in Central Oregon in 2001, the murder of Barbara Thomas. Yeah, back in 2001, uh, Barbara Thomas was murdered by five teenagers who... Uh, 
wanted to steal her car. That was essentially the motive for the murder. One of the teenagers was her 18-year-old son. The other four were his friends. And uh, all of them were convicted of murder or conspiracy to commit murder and sentenced to lengthy prison terms. And so they're coming up for parole based on a new law that was uh, enacted in 2022 that uh, basically uh, uh, enacted a law to uh, empower the parole board to parole people who the governor had granted some form of clemency to or wanted to grant clemency to. And so these uh, underage, that is under 18-year-old murderers, now are eligible for parole if they can demonstrate that since the murder that they committed, they've demonstrated some level of maturity and rehabilitation while in prison after serving at least 15 years in prison. So uh, recently we've had parole hearings for three of the murderers, Justin Link, Seth Cook, and Ashley Summers, uh, who uh, have all persuaded the parole board that they've matured in the last 21 years, 22 years uh, since the murder, and the parole board has granted their release. The, the legal standard is very low for the granting of parole for underage murderers under this new statute, and the parole board was following the law as they saw it. Uh, I was there at those hearings, and our office argued against granting parole based on uh, the, the uh, plea agreements that had been entered into 22 years ago and based on the, the harm that they had caused and were still causing by having this parole hearing and, and taking the Thomas family through this horrible trip down memory lane where they had to think about those awful crimes that were committed against uh, Barbara Thomas. The governor, Governor Brown, uh, just before she left office, pardoned or commuted sentences, I don't know what the legal term is for it, that uh, of some, some young murderers. Um, first of all, you recall those cases. Who were they? What was the case? And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, one of them was a co-defendant of the, of the ones I've just mentioned, uh, Lucretia Carley was one of the people whose sentence was commuted, and uh, she was released a few years ago. And these remaining co-defendants, Link, Cook, and Summers, uh, have come up through the parole board through this new process so that it wasn't simply up to the governor's office that there was a parole board making the decision with the, the low standard that was created by the Oregon legislature. doesn't sound like you're happy with that low standard. I'm not super happy with the low standard. I think that, uh, you know, we're talking about people who have demonstrated that they're capable of committing the most heinous crime imaginable. And, uh, and so it seems to me that before you release somebody back into civilized society, uh, that you have a very high standard for uh, certainty that this person will not commit an act like this again. Also, there's an element of if they committed this level of crime, there is a uh, 
a severe consequence for that, and it should be a lengthy prison sentence, not an abbreviated prison sentence. And so that's my frustration. The standard set by the legislature, we're going to have to live for that. We'll live with that for how many more years before it, it can even be brought up again? Well, it could be brought up at any legislative session. Uh, I don't anticipate that it's going to get uh, changed anytime soon, but it's um, it's during my career, I'm, I'm certain that that is going to be the standard for those kinds of cases. So four out of the five who were convicted of murder of Barbara Thomas are now out? Uh, either out or have been uh granted parole and will be released in coming months. So the, the only remaining uh, defendant in that group is Adam Thomas, who was Barbara Thomas's son, who is currently serving a 25-year sentence. His sentence was reduced by the governor, and uh, so he's, he will come up for parole in a couple of years. All right, we're going to move on from this... Uh the subject of uh, local uh, killings and paroles to uh, uh, an, an, a, a ceremony that was made to honor those who stepped up when we when Bend, Oregon had its first, hopefully last, mass shooting over at Safeway last August. So there was a, an event that wasn't really pre-publicized very much. Uh, tell us about that event. Yeah, we had a, uh, during Crime Victims Awareness Week, we had a, uh, a ceremony for the first responders and for organizations and individuals who stepped up um, during that Safeway shooting and after to help the community. Uh, so the police officers who rushed in while the shooting was still happening to confront the shooter uh, the police agencies who responded, every police agency in Central Oregon responded. Fire departments from around the area responded. Uh, the the St. Charles Hospital, Deschutes County Behavioral Health, Deschutes County 911. Uh, so many organizations who stepped up and individuals who stepped up to do what was needed to uh, stop the threat and then to heal the community afterwards so that uh, you know, people could uh, live a life afterwards without being damaged by the trauma of that horrible event. Uh, there were so many people inside the store and around the store, and uh, you know, there were a lot of people who needed help in the immediate, immediate aftermath. Uh, there were two individuals who were murdered that day and their families were also supported during the uh, aftermath of that shooting. And uh, so, you know, it was a horrible event, but out of that horror, there was a lot of heroism and, you know, a great community response to try to, to uh, if not fix what had gone wrong, at least to make it better. KBND News did cover that uh, ceremony the following week after it occurred. And if you want to find out more about that, you can look it up at our website at uh, kbnd.com under your local news. Steve, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your visits every month. Thank you, Frank. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.